0: Welcome to the Startup to Something Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. What up, Mark? Hey, Matt. (laughs) How have you been?
1: Yeah, I've been pretty good. It's been been a busy, busy few weeks. Oh, Yeah. yeah? Yeah, just, man, like... Lots of work, but at the same time, it's nice to get some downtime as well. Now that I've moved to daily billing, like, yeah, I'm just feeling a lot better about just my ability to manage my time and feel pace. I don't feel so much pressure. So that's, okay. that's just been so wonderful. Great.
0: So how, how many days a week?
1: So I end up working four. Uh, I do okay. three for one client and one for the other. And then um, I really, really have fallen behind on a lot of my admin work. Um, so Wednesdays, you know, the day we record on Wednesdays, um, so I tend to uh, glom some of my admin tasks in there as well. And because okay. I'm doing a little bit of admin every week, not saving it up to do once a quarter or something like that, it's like, you know, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes or something. Okay. So it's not so bad. How was your week? Anything exciting happen?
0: Um. Well, I mean, remember last week I said I felt really confident that I would get this Google Doc importer done.
1: And- you sounded very confident. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> like- that was that was Wednesday that we recorded, and I was yep. like thinking, "Oh yeah, I got Thursday and Friday." You know, this is going. It's going well. I think I think I'll be done, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So don't tell my wife this, <laughs> but I totally forgot <laughs> that we had plans for our twentieth wedding anniversary. Oh. <laughs> so we totally like we had a getaway. We were leaving Thursday and coming back Friday.
1: Oh wow! Okay. <laughs>
0: So, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get zero work done on those two days. <laughs> so, yeah, that plan went out the window. And then I, I said, well, I totally forgot. I should really get this done. I'll do it during the weekend. And anyway, she had some work to do on the weekend. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, now it's it's just getting – i I'm seeing the scope of it is getting bigger and bigger. Okay. And part of me now is starting to wonder – should this just be part of the airtable importer oh because mm-hmm. it could it could just be its own importer for for anyone else, even someone that's not using Webflow, right maybe they just want to use this importer for getting Google Docs into their airtable yeah and not maybe they don't even send it to Webflow afterwards,
1: yeah, yeah, I could totally see a situation where you either chain them together or you don't chain them together,
0: yeah, exactly mm-hmm. So, so that did sort of like throw a wrench in my in
1: my plans so okay so unpack that a little bit um is it is it is there just a lot to do or are you seeing a lot of features or is it just like a tough road to hoe technically
0: yeah so there's there's definitely some new technical challenges okay like the fact that I'm I'm now fetching documents and needing to update airtable like as a transaction right uh-huh. which which i can't because it's not a database yeah but right like it's possible that i fetch a document um but i'm not able to insert it into Airtable for some mm-hmm. reason because okay. i hit air rate limit or Airtable is down or which it was last week so <laughs> <laughs> this stuff happens right yeah so yeah, but but the problem is that this is this is a new problem because I never update Airtable at the moment. It's always I just read Airtable, cache it all on my side, then do a delta of my previous cache mm-hmm. and then update Webflow. So I only update Webflow. Right. And if I get an error, well then it's okay. I just skip it, mm-hmm. and eventually it will get updated whenever Webflow is available. Right. So so yeah. So but now it's it's a it's an architecture question. It's like mm-hmm. where. Where do I put this code? Does it really go in the Airtable importer, or does it go in its own new importer? Sure. Which would be my very first importer that is not a Webflow importer. Right. So yeah, so there's a lot of like just thinking about the architecture, thinking about the business side of it. Right. It's uh. So yeah, it's not, it's that that icky thinking stuff. Like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. It's not just putting my headphones on and coding. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to think about what's the best strategy, what's the best solution.
1: Okay. Um, and, you know, like, is there, a, is there a shortcut? Is Or maybe shortcut's the wrong word. Like, is there a way that you can deliver value, like, immediately um, to Ben, Ben Tossel, for example, or something that you can do to just get this out the door and push making that decision? Or is it, like, pretty important that you make that decision now?
0: Yeah, I don't... I it's big enough that i don't want to spend all that time just do it, doing it for one person. Okay. Like that that doesn't make any business sense.
1: Well, i guess i meant more like can you just bolt it on and have like a tick box, a checkbox inside of the product that that allows someone to use this as it? I don't know if that makes any sense, but i'm just thinking like what is the minimum version of this that you could put out there and does it make sense that that minimum version should exist at all? Um No,
0: it's it's a very good question. It's true. It's true. I I also asked on Twitter if anyone else would need this, and a lot of people chimed in and said yes. Mm -hmm. So there might be a version that is just plug it in into the Airtable workflow, and Mm -hmm. yeah, now you just have an extra setting to say, you know, link this Google Doc field to uh, to a Webflow rich text. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a tough question Mm -hmm. because then if I do want to turn it into its own product. That I got yet more legacy plans to to uphold. Mm, like
1: fair, is there an easy way to structure the subscriptions such that they can be ported very easily? <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah, there might be a way. No, yeah, I guess I got to think about that.
1: Mm. Just from what you from what you're saying, it sounds like it isn't necessarily the putting the code in that's the problem. It's everything around the code. It's the subscriptions. It's it's this other thing, and it's like, can you make it free? and see who uses it like to see if it's worth investing can you I I don't know I'm just I'm just picking to see
0: right but But no but that's the thing it it, there's enough work to do and and there is you know there is now this yet another asynchronous calls that that I have to make Mm -hmm. but where does like there's IO waiting like you know I make I try to fetch a Google Doc and who knows it might be super slow it might take me three seconds to fetch it Um, that you know, that could just slow down the whole import. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's where I started starting to think, maybe this is not the right approach. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's so much code to do that it, if it doesn't feel right to just try to patch it into the, work, the current workflow and just, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I need to think about it more now. Not that you've asked a question. I was leaning towards not just doing a new importer for it, mm-hmm and also that kind of makes it easier for people to test because I was also trying to think about the migration Like, so like Ben right now has one field in which he's put his HTML mm-hmm. and right now he's doing it by like like I explained last week like using Webflow as sort of like a parser and then mm-hmm. extracting that HTML and copy yeah. pasting it to Airtable <laughs> and so his HTML is already in Airtable mm-hmm. so like i doubt i can ask him oh well just delete that field you know just delete it and and then i'll i'll go fetch some google docs and i'll just write over that field Mm -hmm. right so like the mic i don't think that's gonna that's gonna fly like no one is gonna want to to do that and lose who knows how much Mm -hmm. how much days of work
1: that's been done could they not like copy that Table or because it's not a base, right? Like each, because I'm thinking about it like a like a Google Sheet. I know that's not what it is, but like, yeah, you there would be a table. Can they just duplicate that table and then change their importer to point to that new one and delete that row and then see how it would work? That might cost no. them something, though, because they
0: no, they, no, you can't, no, you can't do that. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> I know zero but I know very yeah. little about our table
0: Yeah, and it's really it's really complicated to explain. I I don't know if this makes. Interesting listening. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't, know how to, how to describe it. But uh, there's the big picture is that there's a different use case where someone is coming to me with a, a never before imported Airtable.
1: Okay, right? I see. What you that mean.
0: one, that one is simple. Just put a bunch mm-hmm. of Google Doc links in a field and map it, and then I will populate, populate your Airtable and then sync it okay. with Webflow. And then you have, you not know, the person who's already using using it Mm -hmm. with an HTML field, and now they want to have, like, they want to migrate over. But I think that that scenario is too complicated. Like, I don't think there's a smooth migration path, so I think, yeah, I think it's a dead end. I think I need to go with the other importer instead. Okay. So then they'll be able to test it. It's, It's really simple to test. They just create a new link field, a new HTML field, and then run this new importer and it will just populate the field and then you can go look at it, see if it makes sense. Sweet. And If it does, then go back into your previous Airtable to Webflow workflow and just Sweet. switch the field.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. And
0: say, okay, now use this field instead.
1: Sounds great. Yes,
0: yeah, so I think that's, yeah. And of course, we'll see. I'll, I'll probably encounter a bunch of other things I didn't think about. <laughs> but that's why these, you know, it, it's so hard to go from prototype to finish product.
1: <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
0: It's like it's it's not I, I still make mistakes at estimating how much work it is involved.
1: It's really hard. And like to yeah. design an onboarding experience that matches the needs of all the different people and the different flows or like flows, like the different way that they interact with each product and yeah.
0: Right, exactly. That's it. And like how, how is Ben gonna migrate? Mm-hmm. And then how's
1: a new user gonna use it? Yeah.
0: It's like there's there's too many scenarios mm-hmm. so that i think would be a new importer now i gotta figure out the plans right now all my plans are based on how many cms items you have in webflow right. so now <laughs> this is a new plan that has nothing to do with webflow cms items can you
1: push <laughs> beta beta enlist them don't charge anything and then figure it out later
0: yeah i know exactly yeah for sure i mean for sure i will i will include it in the price of the, the the existing customers that want this new feature well i mean I'll, i might have to force them to upgrade to the the, the premium tier mm-hmm. but uh but we'll see that uh, those are those are the details
1: yeah more decisions to make and after all that work you just put into pricing <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well not i at least i thought ahead when i did that part of the pricing plans like i i found a generic way of of expressing it like you have you have stripes subscriptions and they offer functionality right and then you have workflow requirements where they require uh, functionality and then i just have to compare them do you have you know for all these w- these projects that you have that have requirements do you have enough subscriptions that meet those requirements
1: R- oh yes right right
0: so i think i think i'm s- i'm set up now that i, c- I can do uh, an airtable one so yeah so so that's the coding part mm-hmm. um otherwise i've had this huge customer support explosion this Mm. week Hmm. like i don't know what's going on but power importer is exploding
1: (laughs) so like are there problems or is just people with questions
0: it's just a lot of questions coming in like yeah so a lot of them are like questions i haven't seen in forever so Hmm. it seems like it's a new batch it's a new cohort of people coming in that have less knowledge about power importer so yeah so I'm spending a lot of time answering the same questions I've asked, I've answered before. Okay. uh, But otherwise, no, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not like because there's a bug or anything. Yeah. It's just more people with the the typical questions, like very broad. They haven't even kicked the tires yet. And they want to know like, does it do this, 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 and this, right. Which is so annoying as, (laughs) as as a developer that doesn't like to repeat himself. It's like, did you watch the demo? The demo answers that.
1: (laughs) Um, Are these people that are asking the questions without accounts? Because I remember you saying that you put your email address right on the page so that you could receive. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. uh, So yeah, some of them are like, they don't even have an account. I can't even find them in in my database. So, but, uh, but otherwise, yeah, there's some that are paying customers and and now I have, I have some premium customers that Mm -hmm. get priority support. (laughs) So like I still haven't fully automated that yet, but whenever there's a new premium I go in Gmail and I, I add a filter to add a, a label to them. So oh. priority.
1: Oh that's cool.
0: Yeah. But it's it's all manual right now. It's like okay. it's it's it doesn't scale. It's okay for now. But eventually I'll have to I'm that's one of the things I'm looking into now. Like, can I find a customer support tool that doesn't feel corporate and <laughs> inhumane
1: uh the the guy um uh, there was a guest on startups for the rest of us yes keeping it was like all inside of gmail that sounds pretty interesting
0: yeah exactly that is the first one i'm gonna try okay yeah i heard that interview and i was there i think this is what i need like
1: Mm. lightweight already like built into your process
0: exactly that's it and that's 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 what i want right now i i do everything in gmail and it's like a just add functionality to that yeah, totally. yeah. Like now I already have little bookmarklets where I'm able to to like, when someone comes in, I'm able to s- select their email and run the bookmarklet and then it searches in my admin panel like for that customer. Oh, wow. So then I can see their profile and I can log in as them.
1: Man, look at you. Man, that's, <laughs> that's sick. That's super cool.
0: So yeah, if I could even write a Chrome extension instead, so just add links directly into Gmail.
1: Mm. it'd be even better
0: oh man that'd be killer so yeah i think i would like to continue to work in gmail
1: there may be a solution for you
0: yeah exactly yeah no uh, i i did do a first glance at the product on their on their website okay so it's just a
1: question of yeah trying it Mm. Uh, trying honestly trying tools like that feels like a mountain to climb yeah, like, I you, know. I... You want to give it a fair shake, but you're like, man, too, how much do I have to invest? Like, what is the onboarding like? Because if it takes more than 30 minutes, it's like, ugh, I'm like is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. And am I going to make a mistake that makes me look stupid in front of a customer? Like yeah. Where it sends five links to the customer instead yeah. of one. Because is yeah. it a Chrome extension? Yeah. Okay. It's a Chrome extension. Yeah, because at first I thought it was like a, a Google Workspace app. So I looked for it and I couldn't find it anywhere because I didn't remember the name of it. Like, right. I was like, oh, what, what was the name of it? So I looked all over the Google marketplace and I could not find anything that sounded like what he was talking about. I was like, what the hell? So then I had to go to startups for the rest of us to find the episode, find a product name, mm. Google that. And yeah, it's not even in, in, in the marketplace. What the fuck? That's <laughs> weird. Then I realized, oh, okay, it's just a Chrome extension.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So yeah, he. So that's it. They didn't put up. They didn't build on top of the, the the APIs of Google, right? Of Gmail. But yeah, that's it's funny you mentioned that, right? Because I also like uh, often get DMs from people, right? Like mm-hmm. trying to pitch their product, right? Like, okay. Hey, you should try this, and then uh, it only takes two minutes to set up. And I was like, I know for a fact that is not true. Like, <laughs> like you're just thinking of I oh, it just takes two minutes for me to to add your your script to my website. Yeah, right. It's like it's gonna take a lot more time. Like an example was uh, the script that creates you know a, a wall of love on your site, right, mm-hmm. with all tweets people liking your product. Yeah. So it just takes two minutes to set up. Like, it's like yeah, sure, I'll add, I can add the script in two minutes, but like, how do I select the tweets that are going to show up, right? Mm. I'm going to have to spend more than two minutes like searching for them and deciding which ones appear. And it's like, you, <laughs> you know right off the bat it's not true. It's not going to take two minutes. Yeah. But that's a good exercise, right? Because I'm often on the other end of it, yeah. and I think it's really easy. Try, try Power Importer. It's really simple. Mm. And then I got to think, well, no, maybe it's not that simple for them right now in, in their
1: situation yeah for a lot of those products i think like is it simple enough that i as the vendor could actually set it up for you like i can go on twitter and search for hashtag power importer i can find what i think are the best tweets and then like make a mirror of your web page embed the script and be like oh look like this is what it right. this is what it could look like and it's literally that easy
0: yeah exactly that's it what people call like white glove onboarding like, yeah yeah just do it all for me mm-hmm. then yeah then i'd be sold yeah you're right It looks great and that will take me two minutes to add to my site
1: yeah and it's and it's easy enough that literally it's like oh i've got like i mean i could think of a million ways to automate part of that but to be like oh i picked tweets zero through nine and like i pre-created you an account and zero through nine are listed there and if you want to change them then you can or whatever but you get literally the example that i created for you yeah because, yeah, I would – I mean, you're very busy. You have a lot of shit that you'd rather be doing. It's like, do I really want to spend – it's like if I invest an hour – and we all know if it's an hour, then it's three hours. Like, <laughs> <Right>. then, exactly. <laughs> but, like, it's got to – like, God, I want it to work. Like, I want your product to work. I really do because I want, I want my life to be easier.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. Like, these things become like, – these are people that are putting things on your to-do list. Yes. It's like, sorry, my to do list is already full and it's already being neglected.
1: Yeah, I feel I bad need... about the current state yeah. of my to do list. Like I can't. even
0: a two minute like to do is too much. I don't want it. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I mean, it's 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 a good problem to have. This too much support. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there are some days where there's just there's just too much. <laughs> like I don't get any dev done, and I'm like, okay, I need to hire someone. And and not that it's it's going so well because that was the big unknown, right? Okay, I'm changing my pricing. Am I going to go bankrupt next week? <laughs> <laughs> is everyone going to quit? And am I going to go bankrupt? And, and no, the answer is no. Like it it's still growing and it's still doing well. And yeah, it's still it's still the same amount of people, same amount of sign ups that convert into paying customers. Incredible. Like, that hasn't changed. So. So someone would definitely say I'm not charging enough.
1: <laughs> Man, that's so good. That is so good.
0: Yeah. So now I feel more confident that, okay, this is doing well. I, I can hire someone out
1: to help. And do you think, it, like, are you thinking customer support? Yeah,
0: I still haven't made the final decision. Is it customer support? Is it marketing? Mm-hmm. Is it both? That would be awesome. Oh, shit. <laughs> right.
1: All of the above.
0: Exactly. Right. Can I find, because there's some days where the support is not going to take you all day. Yeah. So on those days, can you like build a codeable mm. you know, release a tutorial on YouTube?
1: Well, so here's a, a question I always have. And I, so I'm referring here to uh, Default Alive, um, Chris and Corey's podcast, uh, yeah, a sister podcast in ways to start up to something. But where did Chris find Noah? Because Noah sounds great. Like, so Noah is, I don't even know how to describe him. He's just a young, hungry dude who works with Chris and takes and does a lot of things and is willing to take on a lot of tasks and learn and try things. And yeah. I'd love to know where he picked Noah up and how do you, yeah. how do we find you and Noah?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think he found him in the community. Like Noah was very active. Mm-hmm. Noah has lots of side projects. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: he was, uh, he was known. So, okay like in the in the community of like san diego
0: uh no webflow oh in the, the oh, if, out of the yeah. webflow community
1: okay yeah exactly yeah
0: yeah like uh, noah has some
1: side projects but
0: i don't remember them by heart but uh
1: okay noah if you're listening to this help brother. <laughs> <laughs> help brother out <laughs> no
0: he's, he's i think he's i think he's full time on oh yeah for I'm,
1: jet boost now i think yeah. he is yeah i'm thinking like if you know somebody that would, right. that would be a good fit. and make some magic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw um, I saw Andy for data data fetcher. It's an mm-hmm. airtable app. Mm-hmm. He's also an indie hacker. He posted a job listing, and mm-hmm. like when I read the description, I was like, "Wow! Like, who is this unicorn? Where are you gonna find them?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> right? It was like someone who could do marketing, could do customer support, who can mm-hmm. who can do some coding too, who can you know like. <laughs> and i was like wow that that sounds magical i want i want this person <laughs> or like after you hire someone just send me this the second best one
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> send me your 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 top reject <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, that that inspired me that yeah i should i should just write a job listing mm-hmm. of that perfect unicorn that i'm looking for and mm-hmm. just put it out there man let the universe do its magic. Absolutely. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I've <I'm> never. <wrong. laughs> Don't say that. They're going to hear you. <laughs> okay, scratch that. <laughs> Don't listen to this episode.
1: I know exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's very it's a, such an interesting idea because I agree. Like I I see some of these job postings sometimes and I'm like, man, you're never going to find that person. But that really isn't true. Like. I, I mean, like the example, you know, I I think, think about is in the last episode or three from Art of Product, Ben found that person to be like his chief of staff. He found he was a programmer and he's marketed and works in open source software and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, wow, it's hard to believe that this person exists, but Ben put the word out and this person existed and floated into Tuple. And you're like, man, this is crazy. Right. So, I mean, like you got to start somewhere.
0: Yeah. But but that's that's where I know I know that I don't know what I'm doing because I'm sure the process was very d- difficult. <laughs> like yeah, you put the job listing out there, yeah. But then maybe you get a flood of of resumes and you have to sift through them and interview people mm-hmm. and test people out and yeah. it's like that's the part I have zero experience with.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: The, it's the. It's the known unknown.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, it's like if only I was assessing just your coding skills. Perfect. That I can do. Right. How do you feel about integration tests? Like, all right, I could test you. But yeah, like tell me about marketing. <laughs> Let's talk about attribution. Like, I don't know. And I and I would warrant as well. Like I mean Ben has talked about his process of like talking to experts in the field and being like, help me understand how you would assess people in your domain. Like I think he had a marketer on retainer where he could have like conversa- weekly conversations about how to assess marketing okay or something like it, i mean it's pretty like the commitment was there um and it was at no small no small amount of energy no exactly
0: so yeah that that was my week cool that's that's what's on my plate yeah. Some of the exciting thing, yeah but uh yeah i would i, I may maybe that's what I need to do next write that job listing, put it out there. And then I can get back to coding, mm-hmm. and then hopefully, the yeah, I don't get, I don't drown in, <laughs> in a flood of candidates.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, worst in the very worst case, you just don't respond to any of them, and then you've changed to act. It's okay; no one will be offended. <laughs>
0: that sounds like someone who doesn't know what he's doing.
1: <laughs> so for me this week, um, I've. I'm digging in deeper on a lot of the solidity work that I've been doing uh, in preparation for an audit. (laughs) So what I've come to understand, and this is very interesting, is that you know, like because these smart contracts are are immutable, or um, you know, there is a there's a marked immutable nature to them. We'll say Um, people are pretty cagey about putting this stuff into production, (laughs) which they should be. Um, But as a result. A cottage industry, I guess you could call it, of these smart contract auditors have popped up. So, um, and they exist from the large to the small. There are big, reputable companies that uh, that will come in and you pay them quite a fee and they will investigate and go over your contracts and give you feedback and and kind of give you a state of the world about it, things you're thinking about, things you're not. Uh, down to there being like individuals who are just like, yep, I operate I have a queue of work and if you pay me enough money, you can jump the queue and I'll review your work. And it's crazy. Like there's a lot of these out there. So I've been doing, I did a couple of intake forms for a few of these for the um, NFT project that I've been working on. Uh, I'm like, since I wrote all the smart contracts, I'm running the audits basically, or I'm at least seeking the auditors to review my work. And I've been digging in deep about some of the security aspects and some of the patterns that have emerged from um, compromises that have happened and certain types of attacks. And it's very interesting. Uh, Yeah, like the the amount written on this is like the more i dig into solidity the more i and the more i read it's just like oh man i'm so glad we're going through some kind of audit because it's like god i'm <laughs> i i mean what we're doing is very simple but at the same time it's like yeah you know, i'm glad we're going to have somebody capable put their eyes on this because there's a lot to be thinking about but yeah the, it's pretty interesting the the range in price of auditors and like so one of the companies that we've been using a lot of, uh, this is very cool. They have a very nice like engineering as marketing aspect to their business. They're called Open Zeppelin, and they are I don't know if I'd call them pioneers, but they're very well respected in the smart contract space. And they actually have like code generators, <laughs> so you can be like, oh, I would like to generate an NFT contract, and I wanted to have these properties, and it will just generate the code for you. Um, nice and you can deploy it if you want to like just directly so um, you know there's you're gonna want to make tweaks there's going to be certain things you need to do but like they give it away because the code itself is it's I mean the stuff that they release is solid but the community any you know if, if I were going to buy into an nft project, I would want to know that, like this, that the developers took the security of the underlying contract very seriously and had it audited by a respectable third party. So they know, like, the value here is their stamp of approval. So, like, right. you can have all the code, you all of it. It's fine. Uh, what matters is is our is our nod. So uh, it's very interesting to like see the ecosystem and see what people are, where the value is in these systems. It's pretty cool. So yeah, I've been writing a lot of tests, documentation, kind of uh, evaluating different auditors, submitting things. But the other interesting thing that happened this year, and I just want to like call this out because this is so unbelievably cool. So uh, when I was in university forever ago, there was a guy in front of me, uh, in front of me, he was ahead of me a year, maybe, maybe more. And uh, we had like a computer animations class. Where, you know, you get you use OpenGL and you start doing some graphics programming and that kind of thing. And uh, this guy and a couple other people in that same year were hardcore, hardcore game creators. And they were running laps around everyone else. Like, they were just... The stuff they would come up with in, like, a basic, like, computer animations class was insane. And so this guy, his name is... Uh, so... Of that, So of that crew, they all went on... I think there was like five or six of them. They all went on to do outrageously amazing things. So one of my friends, Devin, um, he started a game... Like a contract game company that he ended up selling. And he was in like the Forbes 30 Under 30 in gaming. Um, <laughs> and like went on to start a bunch of companies and has made a lot of money and done very well. He's very respected. Um, there was uh, a bunch of other people did consulting... Uh, and done very well another guy is very high up at unity um he so we were using very we were using like infant infant versions of unity at the time and these guys were pros so they actually did unity consulting as well daniel um, graduated and then went to go work for unity i'm pretty sure he's still there he has a very high up engineering position and then there was andrew andrew schuldeis is his name and he created a game called tunic and he started building it like I think it was like 10 years ago. It might be like eight. It's taken forever to come out, but it has, it is completely solo developed. It looks incredible. It's like an isometric kind of, um, uh, kind of style. Just, it's just a beautifully done game. And like, I just want to like point out, like it was solo developed. He did everything himself except for the music. And it's like I've been watching it th- over the years, waiting for this to come out, just waiting to like it to see is w- to to play the game and see what it's all about. And like it came out today. So um, another game. I don't know if you've ever heard of or played Stardew Valley. Have you heard of this? Okay. No. It, it, it basically like there was a game forever ago called Harvest Moon. You were a farmer and you could try to like marry somebody in a village. It's like a farming simulator. It was really fun. Um, but Stardew Valley was basically a remake of that. Um, for the pc and it was the same sort of thing solo developed did everything it took him years and years and years and years but now he's like you know i think he made 10 million bucks or more like he he earned every penny and god i hope this happens for tunic i'm so excited that andrew's games finally come out after all these years and i it came out today and i was searching on metacritic to see oh how's it doing and it's like an 87 out of 100 on metacritic okay so i'm just like oh god i hope he makes all the money like it's (laughs) it's i I, because like i mean he would he would have been living in poverty um only working on this full time like he's been working on it full time for so long um and i know he picked up a publisher along the way i don't know how much money they help you with or anything but i just think oh man so andrew if you're listening to this i congratulate you and god i i hope you're enormously successful because you deserve it Okay, so so you did get a publisher. He got a publisher. It's a smaller... I, I, well, okay, I, I, like, I, I, it, I say, quote unquote, it's a smaller publisher, but I really don't understand what publishers do. Like, I think they're good at marketing, but I don't really know anything else. I mean, I, I was imagining it's like a book publisher where they give you an advance as far as i know he had the game no i won't say done but i think like graphically done because he's been doing so much um apparently the game is very hard <laughs> um he's been doing a lot of balancing over the, like the last while um but i don't know how much money they gave him if any at all i i know they've been supporting the the marketing of the game but yeah it's possible maybe they did give him some kind of advance
0: yeah because that's insane right especially if you look at it as like a an indie hacker, like- to invest eight years into something and there's there's nothing to show for it. Like, <laughs> well, sure, you know, there's like marketing assets that, you, you know, share some like screenshots and
1: you yeah. no, it, animations. It's, it's like the ultimate form of product risk. It's like yeah. we literally won't know if it's fun until it's done. Or we won't. And <laughs> it's
0: like eight years. Like, you know, like, were today's consoles, they even exist back then? No.
1: I was I, so... I I think it, I, so. I, I I should check. I guess, but it, it's something like eight years. So he originally he was building it during. So the current gen is like PlayStation Five and Xbox One or something. And it was so. But either way, we're on we're on the current gen. It had it was announced originally as a launch title for this new generation for the current generation we're on. Okay. And. I was like, oh, this is so exciting. It it got picked up and then it, it just like never came out or didn't show up as a launch title. I don't know what happened, but it ended up getting delayed until now because I know that the new consoles have been out for at least a year. I mean, maybe more, maybe 18 months. Right. But yeah, it's it's nuts to to think like, I don't know how you do that. I guess, I think he's built it in Unity so that gives him some portability to, like it's available for OSX. So after this, I'm going to edit this podcast. I'm going to download it and play it. <laughs> I'm going to give this guy my money. I'm going to buy three copies. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. Like the <laughs> the product risk is is madness. I don't uh, know that I could do it.
0: I mean, that's it's a, it, it does seem too crazy. Like th- that's why I would guess that a publisher gives you gives you an advance i hope so something that you can live off for Mm -hmm. for a few years yeah to finish the game
1: and like you know i'm sure he has a great network and hopefully he was doing some contract work or or something like that in there but yeah i sent this text to my friends earlier today you know telling the story of andrew and and everything and they were like wow you know was he living in his mom's basement and (laughs) and i was and i well i it made me think of it it made me reflect on the situation that I'm in of like, you know, you want to create this thing. And now granted, I think he has a lot more vision than I do, at least for this project. But, you know, you have this vision and you want to realize it. And it's just time. He's got the skill to do it. It's just, all right, I got to get over there. And it's every day I got to grind. And sometimes you got to eat. And you're like, all right, well, I'm willing to, maybe I'm willing to do contract work for a game company or something. But every day that I work on that, I'm not working on this and like how can I squeeze my lifestyle how can I do just I don't want to even have a phone I just want to be able to like have my expenses be low enough that this is what matters and man I fuck I I just vibe with that so hard I mean to have to give up your freedom or your vision just because for you know one day a week like oh that's gotta hurt so much (laughs)
0: well yeah good for him i i yeah. hope i hope it's successful yeah
1: me too me too i've been seeing uh, one of my favorite like game review sites posted a, a review i haven't watched it yet but i'm I'm hoping it's glowing because he he deserves it and i mean like i just think like when you you know if you're listening to this and you take a look at the trailer that was developed by one guy <laughs> he came <laughs> up with all of the art all of the style the combat everything was just one dude like that's incredibly difficult to do with that level of polish. So yeah, very very cool. And just as a programmer, I'm just thinking. Like, as a programmer, I'm like standing ovation. As an entrepreneur, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> Holy cow! So other than that, I got kind of an interesting, uh, I got an interesting message on Indie Hackers the other day. I don't, I don't post a lot, but I. I, there was an article that I, or an article, there was a post that I came across and it was called, how can I grow my entrepreneurship skills in my backend dev job? And, uh, I was like, oh, I remember, i you know, I remember being like that. No, like I, I know at a company I used to work for, I, I basically cold outreached a lot of people when I would go to HQ in San Francisco, because that's where all the business units were outside of engineering. Uh, And I would just cold message them and say, hey, I'm in town. I want to have lunch with somebody in the marketing department or in the sales department. Um, So I I wrote a little bit about my experience in that thread and uh, I got a DM from an admin. And the admin basically was like, hey, uh, I like your story. I think it's interesting. Um, Would you, we'd like to feature it on the homepage. Uh, You know, maybe you want to write a small post about what you did and maybe, you know what he was, and he gave me an example of a title. Um, it's a little verbose, but how I strengthened my entrepreneurial skills as a back-end developer by cold messaging people in other areas of the company. Um, so I, I responded and said, okay, I mean, you know, if you think this is interesting, then, you know, maybe I can take a crack at it. But after thinking about it, I was trying to decide like, is this a, something that I want to see in this community? Like, so I'm a little bit on the fence of, you know, I, I'm I do live in the world of that I'm biased of of I believe that everything I have to say is not worth sharing, so so I'm just like no one cares about reading this. But realistically, like, is this something that I care about? The comp the, the company, the the community seeing? Like and I, I was curious to get your take. Like, you know, based on based on that, do you think that this is useful to post? Like, does it even make sense? I don't know. It sounds like
0: someone's putting a to do on your to do list. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I agree, I agree. But I mean, right? it's yeah.
0: a, it feels, it feels flattening, like flattering. Oh, thanks, you know, mm-hmm. wow, you you want to hear my story? That that's cool. But then, if you take a step back, and this is, is this really what the kind of content you want to be producing? Is that really? what matt is about
1: i I agree i don't think that it is i mean i don't know like is this what i want to be known for not really i mean part of me just kind of believes that like i don't know that it's not entirely useful to anybody or i don't know i cold emailed people inside of a company and i had a few meetings like so what is it that interesting to even talk about i don't know
0: i mean sure it 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 might be interesting to some people on the forums Mm -hmm. but uh i i it's funny you mentioned it. I, I also got uh, contacted by indie hackers. Okay. It was, it was a cold DM on Twitter. Uh-huh. And basically, it was like, uh, I should have pulled it up so I could read it. But, <laughs> but it was like, oh, this, you know, Airtable is becoming a really popular tool with no code mm-hmm. indie hackers. It'd be really cool if you did uh, ask me anything. And then they send me a calendar link to, to book a time when I would publish my post. Where I, you know, as an Airtable expert, ask me anything oh. kind of thing, right? Like it was a bit the same thing as you just described, where he pretty much described the title of what it would be sure about. Did. But I mean, right away, it felt like a cold automated DM because there's nowhere in my profile that says I'm an Airtable expert. And, right. <laughs> and, and yeah, I felt like, I mean, I felt flattered, like, oh, well, that's, that's cool. But then, I started thinking about it. No, this is most likely just automated, and this is a way for them to increase engagement on the site.
1: Mm. I mean, I guess but, it could have been automated. Like, what kind of posts about Airtable have you made on the site? Because they would have had to connect your presence on Indie Hackers with your presence on Twitter.
0: Yeah, like, I don't even know if I've mentioned. I mean, I guess I must have mentioned Airtable once or twice on Indie Hackers.
1: Yeah, I think you have a couple of posts like, I see one. I built a tool that syncs Airtable to Webflow CMS. That was back in February of 2021. Right. Let me let me look up the DM.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's it. It is very. Yeah, this is written like I don't. They don't even know if I am a member of Indie Hackers or not. Mm. So it's like, hey, Mark, we've got plenty of Airtable curious Indie Hackers and users on Indie Hackers. If you're not familiar with us, oh. we're a community of solopreneurs and bootstrappers. You know, so it's like, okay, so I mean, my handle on Twitter is the exact same thing as my handle on Indie Hackers. So <laughs> there was no research done. It was just yeah. a cold outreach mm-hmm. because I must have mentioned Indie Hackers on Twitter at one point. Mm-hmm. Most likely that's why I was picked out. Mm-hmm. And then they picked the word air table from my pinned tweet, maybe. Mm, could be. But yeah, and it goes on, yeah, you know, explaining this that, you know, that there's a calendar link and uh, you can. Schedule a time where you'll post this ask me anything mm. post and then they will promote it to get engagement. Okay. So at first I, I considered it for like a minute or two. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I guess. Oh, lucky me. I'm, I'm special. <laughs> but it was like, nah, this is just automated outreach. And, mm. and yeah, they're just putting a to do on my to do list.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean like yeah I guess you'll, you you would have an idea of if that's where your community was like does your does do the community of people who care about syncing webflow or excuse me airtable to webflow do they live on indie hackers do they can can you connect with them Sure there?
0: yeah I mean indie hackers has these subgroups right they can join and there is a no code one and and I do hang out there sometimes uh, So yeah sure I mean I not I, I wouldn't do the subject that
1: they suggested <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't love the subject that they suggested, but
0: yeah, like, but I would have. I would have. I considered just yeah, booking a slot on their calendar and and then posting what I thought might be an interesting conversation for mm-hmm. people to ask me quite any questions about.
1: So, do you not want to do it because you feel like it's a to do? Is it not positive marketing for you? Is it just not interesting? Is it because of was yeah, automated? I mean,
0: no, it's not so much that. Like I. I have thick skin. <laughs> no, no. It's it was just that I, I have so much more things to do on my plate mm-hmm. and I'm not... Yeah, like I don't... I don't know. How, how do you feel about online communities? Like, it's... You know, like I feel like they're really great when they're small and then they grow and then there's, like there's a point at which they grow to that size and it there's nothing good about that community anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm not I'm not saying that about any of the hackers I no. don't want to say negative things about specific communities mm-hmm. but you know if I were to start a online community as a business like I think there is this scaling problem like as it scales it gets less personal and mm-hmm. so it gets a bit more spammy and then eventually it's a marketing channel <sighs> it's no longer a community
1: it's yeah I don't know I mean I think for me it's just quality. Like, am I, I? I feel like when I go on Indie Hackers, for example. So I mean, like, the two communities for Indie Hackers that I really like care about and and check out are like the Indie Hacker self care and self development, um, like sub Reddit's <laughs> sub sites, and because I'm interested. Like, those are the things I like to talk about because I find that okay. the front page is very yeah. It's either a sales channel, spammy. Or it is, I don't know. Like it's just not relevant to me and my problems. Um, like it feels like what I need is time in the time in the tank, not necessarily. Like I don't know. I don't know that I need advice necessarily about how to proceed. Um, or like honestly, the quality advice that I've been getting, I've, I've been getting on Twitter because discussions are happening there. Like all the talks we had about freelancing and right. and that kind of thing. Like that all came out of just genuine. Thoughts that were coming out on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And and I could, I mean, are those things happening on Indie Hackers? No, maybe. Maybe I don't spend enough time. Or maybe they aren't happening and I'd appreciate it if they were. Or maybe it's just the way I feel about the forum now. Like there's been so much spam that even the good content, I have difficulty like really appreciating because I'm like, ah, is it, it's coming from there. It's just kind of low quality.
0: Yeah. I I really think, I think every community has this problem. I don't know how you do it successfully as a business. Mm. Like, how do you keep it so that? Well, maybe they're just not for me. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I join a community because because it's lonely being an indie hacker, right. and I want to I want to connect with other other people like me. Mm. But when it's small, that that seems natural. Like every everybody knows your name, right? <laughs> when it's small. Yeah. <laughs> but then when it grows to a certain size, then it becomes mostly anonymous people and you don't know and it becomes more of a marketing channel.
1: Yeah, like, it's funny even um, even the uh, um, MicroConf Slack, I was blanking on the name On even the MicroConf Slack, like it's quite large. There's not a lot of posts, but like the quality is extremely high. It's like so high that I feel like people feel like they can't socialize.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they've done a great job at keeping spammers at bay like that that is yeah it's an amazing community for that yeah but you're right like there's no like there's not much chit-chatting and just you know shooting the shit with some people
1: yeah that yeah if there if that's going on it's happening in channels that i am not in
0: yeah exactly it almost feels a bit like linkedin right it kind (laughs) of does yeah where everyone is very conscious of their professional image Mm. and
1: but people I, I feel like people at the same time are not afraid to um to share what they know like if if you tap the one of the channels and say hey I'm looking for information about this people will kind of state their experience or they're they're happy to give referrals that kind of thing um but yeah like agree it, it's still very formal yeah it,
0: which is which is actually one of the better communities that I'm part of mm. like I yeah because it's grown to a certain size like I don't expect a, where do you know everybody's name? Yeah, and, kind of size, right? Yeah, and that, the dumb yeah. bar number of 150. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's really the problem. Is that it is quite large. I mean, yeah. we, they've done a great job in policing the spammers, but that doesn't mean that yeah, that everybody. Knows.
0: Yeah, and it, they've started with like this weekly post. Like they have a community manager now, right? Yeah, like Jessica, I think, or I think so. And they they post like once a week. And basically like they pull all the interesting conversations that happened that week and put them all in one post. Mm. And at one point there was like an accountability challenge. Yep. So yeah. It it's really tricky, right? Like how do you how do you balance it? Like I you know, I was a guest on a the Wanna Be Entrepreneur podcast. Yep. Like a few weeks ago. And Tiago, the the host, like he also runs this this community this Slack community, mm-hmm. like calls it a, a co working space so there's like there's a channel where you can actually log in to uh to like a video chat and just work right like a, a pomodoro with other people mm-hmm. Uh so he, he asked me oh you should you should join it so I, I you know i joined it just to check it out and because it's so small like it feels very friendly oh. like it's it's great like like it you get yeah like everyone's helping each other and it feels really great that's awesome I know that (laughs) the second it grows, right? Mm -hmm. Like the second it 10 Xs, it's not going to feel like that. Yeah. But if he wants to run this as a business, like it has to 10 X or a hundred X.
1: Yeah. He is. I mean, I'm sure he wants to maintain the experience, but he is actively trying to degrade the experience by bringing more people in.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's just, I, I just think it doesn't, it doesn't work. The the only way it could work is if you charge, you know, like a thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. to be a member, and then you could be you'd be fine with fifty or a hundred members. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, that's fine.
1: So one community that I would so I would like to check out for this reason is the Dynamite Circles. I've never heard of this. Have you heard of like the Tropical NBA? Yeah. Okay, so the Tropical NBA. Um, Derek and Ian, I think, are their names. They originate. They originally started an online community way back of entrepreneurs called the Dynamite Circles, and it was mainly a community for. I'm gonna screw this up, but for or like a proto, or like proto digital nomads living in like Asia. So they would do okay. a yearly in person meetup called. Dynamite Circles Bangkok DCBKK and they would meet up there and they would run these events every year. Um but that Dynamite Circles is a, is a paid community around these types of people. And they they are constantly bringing members from that community onto their podcast to like somebody makes a post about schooling your kids while living abroad and then they're like great come on the podcast and talk about that." Um But that is one community that sounds really thriving in a, especially in like thriving in a world where you wouldn't necessarily expect it to, or that it would become much less formal or much crappier the bigger it gets. But it seems to be thriving.
0: Yeah. I don't know. All the communities that I've really enjoyed is, is when they're small. Mm. And I mean, I like indie worldwide, but, um, uh, yeah. It doesn't feel small and close anymore in the Slack. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, but, the
1: Slack is insane.
0: Yeah. But you still have these weekly like one-on-ones mm-hmm. and that, you know, that's perfect that you can have a smaller group than that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking like maybe it makes sense to do your own vetting and start private channels that are just like, I only invite the cool people that I've pre-screened and allow them to join the channel. And then figure out how to like continue to have good uh, like you know offline conversation effectively um, outside of the one on ones, but just like you know I have a, gr- a crew of vetted people and we get along. I, mean, I don't know, maybe maybe that's what's required of these particular hacks.
0: Yeah, I would definitely not start as a
1: business. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like unless you know, unless there someone has come up with a recipe that works. Yeah, like how do you how do you grow it? But then like I don't gamify it somehow that makes it still
1: personal and yeah i don't know one community be, actually yeah. that i've become aware of very recently is um so a friend of mine uh, have, have i talked to you about 100 devs 100 devs no so a friend of mine uh that i went to university with he decided he was like i want to learn to code and um there is this awesome online boot camp um by this guy leon Knoll. And his whole thing is, he wants to get people jobs, so he wants to teach them how to be devs. And you know, he he, this is all he he does like a live stream uh, three days a week, and he has a YouTube channel where all the backlog is. And he was saying like, you know this is going to suck. <laughs> it's going to hurt real bad. Like learning to code is not, not easy. You have to practice. You're going to get frustrated. And the best way to get around that frustration is to have a community of people to be with. So he was like, day one, you're all making Twitter accounts if you don't have one. And you're all going to tweet using the hashtag 100 devs. And these people find each other and they feed on each other. And it is amazing. I've okay. watched, like, because I've searched for the hashtag, like things like that are popping up in my... Um, in my twitter feed now and like the way they support one another and that kind of thing like in the beginning i was like oh it's a little cheesy but like he really encourages like no when you have a win fucking throw that win out there when you're when you're frustrated and suffering share that because your cohort mates need you you need to do it for others and they need to do it for you because that community is what's going to help get you over the hump and It really is true, so it's pretty beautiful to like see a bunch of like effectively strangers that are really cheering each other on. Uh, it's right. it's it's really nice.
0: Yeah, and that that can work, but I think all those things have an ex- expiration
1: date. Right. Yeah, probably.
0: Like that. is the same. You see the one hundred days of dev or yeah,
1: hundred you know, yeah,
0: hundred days of code or hundred days of no code. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are they're great, but they last a hundred days. Yeah, <laughs> because. Right, at one point you're going to move on. Mm-hmm. If you're building something, well, at one point it's built and it becomes pretty boring. Mm.
1: Maybe that's the nature of the problem, too. Like people move on, they get busy, they drop off. I've definitely done that.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe that, that could work then. A com- you join a community, so there's no cap on how many people can join, mm. but there is no channel where everyone can talk at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you, you have the matching algorithms that, like, put you in a cluster of 15 people mm-hmm. that you're all in the same time zone or in the same stage
1: in your life or yeah. your business. That could be really interesting. Like if you right. if you could... Because
0: then it, there is an incentive to grow the, the community to a big size mm-hmm. because it just makes the matching better.
1: Yeah. Or like even if you had criteria on which you matched one another and then it would be like, well, if I like you and you like me and we both like Steve and Steve likes both of us... It starts a Slack channel, and we have basically a small mastermind of the three of us. That we all like one another. We have some things, and we're all doing no code, or we all have something in common, and like we have the ability to just—it's like a breakout, a permanent breakout session between the three of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you? I don't know. You find some kind of gamification that yeah, make sure that you're active. Yeah, because then if you're you know that batch of fifteen people, if you're not active, or well, you get kicked out, and then someone new can come in. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, yeah. Room the room is made for um for, for new people to join, or maybe you start with. I mean, that's an interesting question. Like, I wonder, I wonder if because um, I start uh start us or the MicroConf masterminds. I wonder if they have like a running total or statistic on how long masterminds run for. Or like, did, can they survey their members to be like, oh, hey, like, are you still meeting regularly? Like, how's it going? Right. How did we do?
0: Because, yeah, at, at one point Indie Worldwide had this uh, this challenge of, I don't remember what the name of it was. Yeah. But you had to get like 100 customers yes, 100, in 100 yeah. days, yeah. something like that. And yeah. and, yeah, they, you know, we were put into little cohorts of 10 people, uh, But in my cohort, like in the end, like after a week or two, like we were like three, (laughs) right? And even at the end, I think we were just two. And uh, yeah, see, so it pretty much died at that point. Like nobody was really using the hashtag anymore or updating their Twitter profile to show their progress bar. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, I met some cool people that I'm I'm still friends with, and I still chat on Twitter with Hmm. or in Slack private messages mm. but uh you know it would have been nice if we could have recycled those eight seats totally. <laughs> get someone else in here
1: and maybe that's it like maybe the answer there was when someone sticks around that's a pretty powerful signal and it's like that person is is either invested in the cause or they they really want to connect or there's something about that person that like I need to be like it's like it's a little weird to call it a caregiver but like I need to be your custodian and I want to make sure that you're having a good time because you having a good time probably means that somebody else is having a good time too. Yeah. I also would not start a community as a <laughs> as a as a business. I'm totally happy with uh Montreal Indie Hackers Montreal. I think that's the closest I'll get. Uh I right. like meeting for beer and meeting people who are in a similar boat. but That's pretty much. It.
0: Yeah, exactly. No. Those um uh... I mean, it feels so long now. You forget about them, though. But, so but, like, yeah, I used to be part of their Ruby Montreal mm-hmm. gatherings and at one point the Linux Montreal gathering. Mm. Like, it's, yeah, no. But those are naturally, they stay small.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to start uh, going to meetups again because they're going to start happening in person again. So it'd be fun to do them, to actually go and meet people because I'd like to go farm for ideas as well. I mean, you know, I don't want to make it all about business because it's really nice to meet people. Like software, uh, software crafters. Montreal was one I've met like a couple of people through that who are lovely and awesome and doing really great things. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to meet more awesome people and and learn more about people's problems. And now that I've done some Web three consulting, I can go to the, I can go to the Bitcoin meetup. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. I don't know. Do you have anything else?
0: Nope. That's it.
1: Sweet. I right, man i'm gonna take off then i have to play i have to support my buddy and play his game yeah yeah buy me buy
0: me a copy too
1: (laughs) you get a copy and you get a copy and you get a copy (laughs) yeah if i was more flush i'd just buy 10 copies and be like yeah man (laughs) Uh, someday cool man i will catch you next week All all right later on see ya